two little girls showed up on our front porch. They had just been removed from their home. And nothing can really prepare you for your first placement. It was very overwhelming for me for the first few weeks. But for the girls were really sick when they came and they came with nothing. They had one diaper bag to share with really nothing in it, but a city cup that had sold all over the couple items that they had. And so. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Foster care has become such a blessing in our country. There are so many hurting children that it's so wonderful that there are people that step up to help. In 2023, there have been 391,000 children in foster care. 54,200 were adopted in 2021 out of the foster care system. And in 2021, 47% were reunited with their families. That is the goal of foster care always, to reunite them with their bio families. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and then adoption is a wonderful option. So there's this whole culture of taking care of our children that I think has sometimes gone unnoticed, but maybe you have participated in foster care or have been touched by a family that you know that has been involved with foster care. It is such a good way to become the hands and feet of Jesus in our hurting world. So this morning, we are going to talk a little bit about that We are talking to Heather Fowler, and Heather's family has been a foster care family, and they have adopted, and she's just got such a beautiful story, and she started such a beautiful ministry. I just really want to highlight her and all that she's done. So let's hop in and listen to my interview with Heather and her great story. Today, we have Heather Fowler, who has had much experience in foster care, And she and her husband started a foster care ministry, which she'll tell us about in a little bit. So, Heather, welcome to our Adventure Parenting with Grace podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm thrilled that you're here. This is so good. So let's just jump in. Your experience in fostering comes because you brought a child into your home. Tell me about that. How did you begin to think that maybe that's what you would like to do? Yeah, so really. My heart for adoption started when I was pretty young. I would say junior high and high school years. Really? I just, uh, I just always saw my teacher having biological kids and adoptive kids. I don't know if that's just growing up in church and we're always watching videos in church. It's Compassion International or different ministries, typically in Africa, and we see a lot of kids in need. Yeah. And that tugged on my heart at a young age. I always wanted a lot of kids. And so I think God just kind of planted that seed at a young age. And thankfully, he brought a man into my life that was totally on board with that. I think I even mentioned it when we first met. I think even on the first day that we met, I had mentioned, really, I want a kid and I want to adopt one day. And yeah, yeah, so, you know, we started having kids as a young married couple and my pregnancies were not super easy. And so after our third son was born, a few years later, we just, I actually just felt like, you know, I think we're supposed to start praying about adoption and what does that look like and is that something God has for our family and my husband was fully on board and it just come to a place of okay Lord what do you have for us we're open to it and we just want to move forward as you lead us and so 
Wow. That's kind of where just the thought of it even came, the seed that God planted at a young age. So. That is so neat that the whole thing started with God. That's really neat. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. You have a daughter that you brought in. And so when you brought her in, were you thinking that you were planning to adopt if things worked out that way for you when you began to foster? Because some people foster because they want to foster and mm-hmm. some people foster because they want to adopt. Is that true? Yeah, if I can even go back a little further, just with kind of the way that our story worked out, we actually went into it with the mindset of we're going to adopt internationally. And so foster care was never even on the, like not even on our mindset. I mean, this was probably about 16 years ago now, and we didn't really know anyone who had adopted. And back wow. then, really, all we knew was, you know, social workers are scary. They come to become studies to rule you out and you're going to lose your kids and your heart's going to get broken. And, you know, all the things that we, we've heard about foster care way back in the day. And, yeah. and so that was never even in the equation. It was always adoption. And so we actually did a lot of research and ended up picking a adoption agency that worked with orphanages in Ethiopia. And oh. we had just been praying about it as a family and, and just really trusting that the Lord is going to just lead us each step of the way. And we were in no rush. But we were moving really slow. We got our kids involved with us and just like, okay, we were in to pray about this as a family ministry and ended up securing this adoption agency that, you know, we could adopt through Ethiopia or filled out the application and just kept praying. And in the meantime, we went to a church at Westlake that had a adoption conference and they had a bunch of different agencies, booths for all these different agencies. And they had one booth for foster care. And it was an agency called Arrow. And a representative from that agency got up and spoke in front of everybody and just shared about foster care and shared about it being a mission field and how we need to bring kids into your home from, you know, our own neighborhood that we can share the gospel with them. And that actually blew our minds. We didn't even know you were allowed to do that if you went through the foster care route. And so we took their paperwork home and just kind of tucked to the side and just kept praying about adoption through Ethiopia and at that same time ended up meeting up with a pastor from a church we had started going to and come to find out they were a foster adoptive family and had done that year before us and so we just got to learn a lot about it through them and just really felt like God was pivoting us in that direction knowing there's kids all around us that need hope and a future and a loving home and so that's kind of how we got into the foster care side of things you take about 12 classes and go like through all the steps to get certified as a, a foster family. And we were really slow. I think it took us about a year to get through. Some people can get done in one month. Mm-hmm. But we just really wanted to go at the pace that God was leading us. And um, even with our own kids, we would take them to the classes. We're like, nope, we're doing this as a family. And this is our family ministry. And so just brought them in and really they were engaged in the process. And so it took us about a year to get certified. And we ended up actually two weeks after we got our license, we got called for two little sisters. So at that point, we were foster care certified, but we went ahead and got adoption certified on the front end of things. Was that a long process after you'd done the foster care? That seemed Mm -hmm. like it was a long process. But kind of your mindset, if you are like, I just want to be a foster parent, which a lot of people do, then you, you wouldn't even get adoption certified. The thing is, if you do that on the front end, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone because, right. you know, your fingerprinting goes for both. And okay. you're putting that in your application up front. So if you're doing your home study and your background checks, everything is as if you are a foster parent and an adoptive parent. Okay. So, so there wasn't a whole lot more work. 
And you knew you wanted to do it anyway. So we just knew we wanted to be open to whatever God had for us. And so we didn't want to put any guardrails on what he wanted to do. So about two weeks after getting our license, we got our first phone call for two sisters. At that point, we had said we were open to taking in siblings. And the siblings that was going to be just a fostering situation, they they had a good bid on that on the front end as the kids were removed from their home. And so, yeah, within two hours, you know, just kind of our rule was we'd get, if we were going to get called for a placement, we're not going to say yes on the phone. We're going to say we're going to get back to you. And then we're going to pray about it as a family. That's kind of our rule. So we did that. We prayed about it. And we felt like, you know what? Yeah, God called us to this. This is our first call. We're all in. And two little girls showed up on our front porch. They had just been removed from their home. And nothing can really prepare you for your first placement. Yeah. Yeah. You take the classes and you think you're prepared. I mean, we compare it to having your own baby. It's like your first child, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not really, like when the neighbors come over and they play for a while and then they leave. It's right. Yeah. 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 And they are kids that are coming with some previous trauma. Yeah. It was very overwhelming for me for the first few weeks. But for the girls who were really sick when they came and they came with nothing. They had one diaper bag to share with really nothing in it, but a city cup that had sold all over the couple items that they had. And so I had taken them upstairs and gave them a bath. And by the time I was done, I came back downstairs and my mom and my dad were at our house and they brought all of the clothing that my mom had like saved up from all the grandkids and had them all locked and in the right sizes for both of the girls. The older of the two was three, almost four. She turned four when she was with us. And then the younger sister was 12 months. And so, yeah, we came down the stairs. My family was there right away. And I just felt re-evangel and I just felt like, okay, we're not alone. This is overwhelming, but we're not alone. And mm-hmm. all their clothes and shoes and all the things that my mom had brought for a little three-year-old came down the stairs with all that. And she just was picking everything up and saying, this is for me. These Thanks. shoes, they're for me. These shirts, they're for me. She could not believe that she had all of this provided for her. And that was really impactful for Daniel and I of just, really recognizing God's got these girls and he's showing them right now that he loves them and they're little but we don't know how long they're going to be with us but they're feeling his love right away first day oh that's so beautiful how long did you have them so we had them for about two months in those two months I will just say just as a mom having three little kids at the time of my own so Ethan our oldest at that point was 10 I'm always seven and happy and Ellie was five and bringing two kids in that came with high needs I felt really, really overwhelmed that I couldn't just be with my own kids. You know, like I had that like warring inside myself of like, oh, I want to sit with my kids. And I have two kids right now that need me for everything. And the really beautiful thing that came out of that was watching my kids step up to be my helper and seeing like, nope, we're actually doing this together. I'm not needing to neglect them. They're actually coming alongside me. And you did that from the beginning. You brought them in the whole decision process and that's, I'm sure, started making them feel part of it. That's so neat. Yeah. That's good advice for anybody thinking about doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So we had those two girls for two months and as it was getting close to them going off with one of their aunts, they were going to be leaving and moving in with one of their aunts and a few days before that, we had been called from our agency that there was another little girl that was already in the foster home and the foster parents were going to be moving out of the area. And so he was newly placed in their home about three months prior. 
her cake plan. It could go either way, reunification or adoption, but they wanted her to be placed in a home that had already gone through the process of being adopted certified. Mm-hmm. And so the day that our two little siblings left, we actually drove right from reunifying them with their aunt to a house for Simi Valley to have a meeting with the foster parents and to meet this little girl who was 13 months old. And so we went over there and we got to meet her. And the second we laid eyes on her, we were like, oh my goodness, we love her. (laughs) And a few days later, we got to take our kids over there to meet her and to see how that interaction went. And this was a unique situation. It was like a, a little bit of a slower process of being placed with her. But we ended up taking her home for a play date just to see how she would do. Yeah. At this point, was this the idea of adoption? So that's why the process took a little longer? No, be- I think because of her situation, they just wanted to make sure that she would connect with us. Okay. So it was more based off of kind of the notes that had been written up about her and maybe a, a bit of a struggle connecting with men. And so they just wanted to make sure that we were going to be a good fit for her and her mm-hmm. Good. So it's more of that. And she was in a home that they weren't moving yet. So we could kind of go through this a little bit slower process. So about a week into it, we brought her home for a play date. And I called the foster mom. I said, hey, she's doing great. Let her stay the night. And so she stayed the night and she never left. We ended up getting to foster her for almost two years. She never left. Oh, wow. She never left. We fostered her for almost two years. And keeping a long story short, it was the first year of that was really, really hard, extremely hard. Just the ups and downs of foster care and all that comes with that. Really, really hard and trying. But we were able to adopt her two years later. So that's Eberly. I remember seeing you. Heather is a friend of our family. And I remember seeing you in the park shortly after. Oh, do you remember that day? Picture in Park? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And I remember seeing her and she's just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. (laughs) God just worked a miracle there. And honestly, like we got to see him move mountains and do the craziest thing. Working us just with a lot of fears and a lot of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And he saw fit for us to become her parents. And it was incredible. Our adoption day was, oh my goodness, the best day ever. I have a question. What is the process of getting ready for a child like? Is there... Before they even come into your house, yes. either the mental process or the physical process, or, you know, I know there's so many regulations that you have to abide by. I don't know if all states are the same, but California's, I know, very strict. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically you are choosing your agency if you want to go through the county or if you want to go through a private placement agency, which is what we mm-hmm. chose to do knowing that they aligned with our faith and kind of had a good understanding of why we were doing what we were doing, that it was a call mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. Lord on our lives. And so, yeah, so you basically go through a series of classes that are training you in trauma-based care, how to connect mm-hmm. with kids. What kinds of things did you learn? Attachment disorders? Yeah, I think I think the classes are, you know, as you're going through the training, it's hitting like a kind of a minimal level or training and so a lot of it you're on the back end of things if you're wanting to grow in those areas you're needing to read good books and listen mm-hmm. to podcasts and you know mm-hmm. um, kind of do training on your own but there's so many tools and at the same time every child comes with their own sets of needs 
And, you know, in the beginning, you feel like you're playing by the pick your pants. And so, yeah, I think that there's just a lot of practical things of, you know, making sure that your child feels very safe and that you're meeting their needs. They could have come from a situation of neglect where they were really fending for themselves, even as little teenies, you know, no one was giving them a bottle. And you care about all these things in orphanages, but even here with foster care, like no matter what the situation is, kids are coming from trauma. And so really trying to de-escalate their stress and their fears and meet their needs and look them in the eyes and smile at them and draw them in close and mm-hmm. all the things that, you know, we want to do for our kids and they need it even more. And sometimes they're acting out. Oftentimes they're acting out. Yeah. And so it's like really having to regroup and, you know, even for your own self of like, okay, stay calm, get yeah. down low, meet them eye to eye and... Mm-hmm. just really work on those connections so that they feel safe so that they can let go of control and that they can trust you. And so the classes are hitting on those things somewhat, but then you're doing, you know, for aid and CPR and water safety classes and having a social worker come over and do a home inspection and you need to have a bed for the child and a dresser and I mean, so many things, so many mm-hmm. things. Every plug needs to be covered. All your knives and all your medications have to be in locked cabinets. And mm-hmm. your water from your sink can't be hotter than a certain temperature. Like all, yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah. If you're in a two-story house, you have to have a ladder that can roll out of the window. And, you know, fire safety kit, emergency kit, all these things. It's like a, a checklist that you get. So yeah. um, when they come into your home study, they're just checking off that you've done everything that needs to be done. And you've got your car seat in working order. and Mm-hmm. Um, your fingerprinted and my mom was our emergency person and so she had to go through a class and get fingerprinted and she was like the back of it we needed help and she would be our babysitter you know mm-hmm. so that's kind of the process there's a lot of planning before the child doctor's and- appointments you have to get your blood work done all kinds of things oh wow wow yeah, so yeah. you got to be committed <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah. you definitely know if you're in it you know they don't usually even let you start the application process until you've gone through quite a bit of the checklist mm-hmm. so that they know, okay, this is someone who's going to take it all the way. So Yeah. 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 Okay. We are going to stop there, but we are going to continue talking to Heather over the next couple of weeks, and she just has so much to share. I've just had an idea recently of something that may interest you. I don't know. I'm just kind of just kicking it out there and seeing if – if there's anybody interested, are there any people who were interviewed that you would really like to have a live chat with? I could arrange that and you could come on and I could have the speaker on and you could ask questions. And let just let me know if this is a viable idea or not. You can email me at lori at kidsstrengthforlife with the number four dot com. Anyway, I'll leave the link in the show notes if that interests you. We can talk some more about it. So Heather will be back for the next two weeks and unpacking some more of her story and the things that she's done and the ministries that she's organized. And in the meantime, I just hope that you will rest in the Lord this week. Mm -hmm.